Hey everybody, welcome to episode 12 of Junior Golf Keys. I'm your host, Matt, and I'm really excited for our guest this week, Jack Simon. Jack is a sophomore at St. John's University. He's the number one player on the golf team there. I met Jack during his post-grad gap year at IMG Academy. Uh, He was a multi-sport athlete in high school. He finished uh, 2017 as the New Jersey Herald Golfer of the Year, where he led his team to finish his senior season uh, with a 20-1 and record. Jack's a great competitor on the golf course, in the classroom, uh, playing in 10 tournaments in the 2018-19 season for the Red Storm. He had the third best stroke average on the team. He was selected for the Big East All-Academic Team. Uh, So I'm really excited for Jack to join us because I think he's just going to bring a great perspective for those student athletes out there that are looking to further uh, their career in academics and in golf at the collegiate level. I'm excited for the parents to kind of listen to Jack's journey so that they can help their uh, student athletes navigate their paths. Um, So like I said, super excited to have Jack. Uh, If you guys sit tight, I'll be right back with Jack Simon. Hey guys, it's Matt again. I just wanted to put a quick message on here before you go on and listen to my interview with Jack. Um, I recorded this episode while I was in Mexico and had some connectivity issues. Um, So as you go on to listen to the interview, there is a lot of really good content that's in the interview, but I do want you to know that there's some overlap in our audio. So in some parts, uh, most of the interview, it sounds like, Uh, Maybe Jack's talking over me a little bit in the middle of the question, Um, but still, he's got some really good answers. He's got some really good information to share with you guys, but I did want to let you know because uh, it can be a little bit frustrating if you don't know what's going on. So I am going to try to fix the audio, but if for some reason I can't uh, get it fixed, then I just want you guys to be aware that there is some overlap in the audio in the episode. So I appreciate you guys listening. I hope you enjoy the talk with Jack. All right, guys, welcome back to episode 12 of Junior Golf Keys. Um, Like I said, got an exciting guest for you this morning, Um, somebody that I've got a lot of respect for that I met uh, during his gap year at IMG, uh, Jack Simon, playing golf at St. John's University in his middle of his sophomore year, just finished up fall season, so uh, got Jack on the line right now. Jack, how's it going? Good. How are you, Matt? Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, absolutely. Absolutely. Really excited to have you on. I mean, I got to know you for not a not a long period of time, but um, just kind of want to see if we can talk through some things to bring some value to, you know, this audience of junior golfers and their parents and a lot of them which are trying to navigate, you know, their path to college golf. Um, you know, I think you've got a pretty unique story. I mean, I think there's several people that take a similar path that you do, but I know that you were uh, – a multi-sport athlete and uh, decide just wanted to, can you kind of talk through your story a little bit? Um, maybe how you got introduced to golf and what, what you, uh, or why you chose, I guess, to continue to play all the sports that you did through the time that you did. And then when you made the decision to focus on golf, you know, what led you in that direction? Yeah, of course. So 
During high school, I was a three-sport athlete. I played baseball, golf, and uh, basketball. But the problem was that baseball and golf was the same sport up in the Northeast. It's during the spring season. So that was really hard. So my entire life, I played baseball and just golf on the side. And I usually played golf during the fall because I didn't play football. And that was my time to practice and play in some tournaments and do things like that. But I was a pretty serious baseball player. That was my number one uh, sport. I was looking to go to college and play baseball and do things like that. But some things happened my sophomore, uh, freshman and sophomore year of high school where I had some problems with coaches and things like that. And they kind of just ruined the game with me, ruined the game for me for, uh, for baseball. So even though I've been playing golf since I've been three years old, I've never really done it seriously. So I dropped baseball and started to play uh, competitive golf my junior year of high school. And it kind of just picked up from there. I, was, uh, I turned just to be a golfer and a basketball player. And even though I started my junior year, I don't think really – I didn't really have the recruiting process that I needed, even though I could have been playing college golf. I thought maybe taking a gap year at IMG would have been the best thing so I could – talk to more coaches, get some more competitive rounds under my belt, maybe travel the country like I did at IMG and really uh, find some things out that I didn't by uh, not playing golf since I've been uh, not playing competitive golf in elementary school, middle school, and my first two years of high school. And the reason why, and that's pretty much the reason why I took a gap year at IMG. And uh, it was a great decision. It turned out to be great. The people down at IMG were great. You were great. Everything was great, and I, I mean, I couldn't rec- recommend it uh, more at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that a lot of people, you know, a lot of players that are coming up, especially now, like, think, oh, man, I got to be recruited, like, super early, you know, as a seventh grader, eighth grader. Like, I mean, as I'm listening to you talk, I mean, it sounds like maybe you could have had some options. right there's like you know there's an opportunity to take a gap and wrong with doing something like that it's a huge advantage and college coaches actually like yeah so you know, students that do yeah, that um for yeah, the most part I would up say. A little bit. so yeah i mean well, i could have played there. some golf at some small schools in the northeast and northwest but i really didn't really want to do that and i also had just the option just to go to school down south at South University of South Carolina and just do some ac- and do it academically, but I really didn't want to do that. I've been playing sports my whole life, and I really thought I could play college golf. So I talked to my dad. We came down to visit, and you were actually with my you were with me on my visit down there, and I just fell in love with the place, and I thought it was going to be a great idea. And even though it was going to be a big step moving straight to Florida on a gap year and doing things like that, it couldn't have worked out for the best. And uh, Yeah. Talk through, like, I know, I mean, obviously golf was a a big piece of the gap year, but can you, like, just for the folks that don't know, like, what you do in a gap year, or they call it a post-grad year also, like, what what did you do academically, you you know, just kind of what was your schedule like, I guess? You could go one way where you go to, you for for academically, you could just do pretty much a fifth year of high school, where you do a couple more classes for high school, maybe if you want to like raise your GPA or 
t- take another class that you didn't do well, or you could just go straight and get college credits. I have one of my best friends that I play golf with now that went to IMG. When he was there, he did college credits. When I and I did uh, high school credits. I thought high school credits was the best because maybe a coach would see I would take retake a class. Maybe if I got a bad grade in it, and I could get a better grade. But my but my schedule at IMG when I went for my gap year was uh, first right. semester I had Monday and two uh, every day I had two classes in the morning from about seven thirty to nine thirty or seven thirty to ten, and then I'd have a like an hour two hour break and then have lunch and then I'd have practice from two o'clock to five o'clock every day. And then I could practice on my own from whatever time. The golf range was open every day. The practice, uh, the gym, the practice facility, everything was open all day long. So even though I had mandatory practice for two and a half, three hours a day, I could still put in my own work in and make it five hours, six hours a day if I wanted to. Uh, it was mostly what did that you know, putting in work working like the short like game area, putting area where all the strokes counted. I know the range is a big thing, working on your swing and everything, but you sh- you got to work on your short game and your putting to really make it to the next level. Yeah, what I mean, going down that path a little bit further, has that even become more clear since you went to college? Yeah, or, I think it's the I most mean, important that thing. That, um, you know, you still believe is, looking is at super college important. players and looking at how they play, a lot of the really, really good ones just get the ball in the hole and they find a way, and that really mostly comes to short game. Most of the players at, like, the D1 level really know how to hit the ball pretty well. They're all great ball strikers, big, great drivers of the ball, but some people lack short games and some people don't. And then when, they're shoot- and when the kids are shooting 66s to win tournaments, you realize – when they when they uh, miss a green, they just get up and down almost every time and make and make uh, make the putts when they when when they need it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about your college transition, but before we get there, let's talk a little bit about just your thoughts personally on being a multi-sport athlete. I mean, you played a lot of sports growing up. Um, you know, long into your high school uh, career, first it I would kept say. Me in shape pretty you know, much. I what mean, did that playing do for basketball golf? during the winter? You know, I live up in the Northeast, so if I'm not down in Florida for Christmas break or for a couple of weeks, I'm not playing golf. I can just maybe go to a outdoor a golf range with heat booths or something like that and, and work on my game or go to a simulator. But I'm never outside because there's snow on the ground. So by me playing basketball during the winter kept me in shape. I got to. Uh, I mean, our basketball team was pretty serious. I was a pretty serious basketball player when it came down to it. So that really, like, it also kept my mind off the game a little bit. I wasn't always thinking about golf. And when the golf season came, I, I haven't played for two, three months. So it really got me ready for and really excited to play golf again. Yeah. That's funny. I was, uh, this week I was talking about interviewing you. I'm in, on vacation with my, uh, my family, my in-laws, oh, yeah. and we were talking about basketball. I could not find for the life of me yeah. that video that you showed me um, yeah, well, on YouTube of you hitting that game-winning shot, which was a pretty cool video. So you're going to have to send that to me um, <laughs> for sure. Um, you talk about being in shape. Uh, you know, I think that the fitness aspect of golf has – 
just increasingly become important? Like, what I mean, what has that done for your golf aspects. gamer? I mean, what do you uh, believe in terms summer, of like fitness in the golf? I started game? to really get into the gym between my freshman and sophomore year, and just try my best to go to the gym every day, work on mobility, work on strength, and you really pick up a lot of distance. Just if you even go to the gym just for like two weeks straight, you can notice it right away. How how much distance you gain, how much how much better you just feel about your body. I mean, you don't go to you don't go to the gym just for for like a week after going to the gym for a month, and you just feel like absolute crap. It's just like it's just the gym. It makes you feel better mentally, and it just makes your yeah. body more healthy. And it just and when you go out there on the course and you need to hit a and you need to hit like a full six iron that needs to carry one ninety five. And you've been going to the gym, you have no problem. But if you're not going to the gym, it's going to be hard to do that. So it's just things like that. It just overall makes you just feel so much better about yourself and really gets yeah. you in the great shape. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's there's a lot of uh, people out there right now that are are showing that you know, in the past, I think there was this stigma with the gym and with golf and you don't want to get too bulky and, you know, lose your flexibility and stuff like that. So I think most people kind of understand that, you know, that's not the case, but can you talk a little bit about like what you guys, yeah, what so your trainers are focusing even though on with people you still in terms focus of your on mobility and, and mobility on, uh, what's, and focus on flexibility, you still want to do those lifts where you bulk up and like gain muscle and like deadlift and, bench and squat like that's all good but then you just have to mix in stuff like mobility and flexibility so for example here at st john's on during the off season and during not so much during the season but during the off season we have lift every day and runs and usually monday tuesday wednesday and thursday usually do uh usually do like hardcore like gaining muscle like benching all that deadlifting and then on fridays you either go on runs or you do mobility where you, or you do the uh, the sled where you just push sleds and and the st- and stairs with chains on your ne- uh, neck, like forty pound chains where you go up the stairs and run and just conditioning to get yourself in shape. Okay. Um, with uh, that, yeah, for sure. I what mean, is has your has so your diet I live off campus where in an apartment where I have to make my own food and everything with my roommate, with my teammates. And we were talking about it the other day and we were talking about how like all we want to do is just make like healthy meals every night in the morning, make eggs in the, every morning. And then at night you just make green, uh, chicken, pretty much grilled chicken with some vegetables and potatoes or something like that. And I think that's just the best way. Not living in the, uh, not living in the dorms, was after last year was kind of the best best decision I made because the food there was it wasn't that great and you only had a selected amount of what you could eat so when you live off campus you can really focus on your diet focus on what you're working on and things like that and what you're making you can really choose what you want to eat and focus on that yeah yeah um I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about um Let's talk about like high school golf versus ranked tournament golf. Did you play a whole lot of ranked? Yeah, so I did. I did. I did play a lot. Transition later to golf golf my junior and senior year, and then I moved on when I was at IMG. I played almost. I mean, I played mini tour events. I played IMG events. I played in Texas Invitational events. So I played a lot of events at IMG. I did. Yes. 
And in high school, you played like on the regular high school golf team, right? What what yeah. was the difference between the two for you? I mean, because one, you've got like yeah. a team component, right, with the high school, and you know you're you're playing matches. Um, you know the ranked tournament's a little bit different because you're yes, playing correct. just as an so, individual. But then you go to so college, as far and you're playing as a little much as I learned, both, high school right? golf really doesn't mean anything. You can. You can, I mean, co- college coaches don't care about high school, high school stuff because you, high school stuff is where you usually play nine holes with your team. I mean, you have some county tournaments and some state tournaments where you play as a team and as an individual, and those kind of mean something for your team and stuff. But at the same time, it's not these AJGA events or IMG events or HG, HG, uh, HJGT events, things like that, where you play by yourself and they're back-to-back-to-back rounds where you need to put three scores together that coach, that college coaches look for. So when you're playing high school golf, it's pretty – what I found out, what I talked to my friends about, it's really just for fun and just maybe to have some fun with your team and go out in there and play nine holes and see how good you guys can do. But when it comes down to traveling and working on these uh, ranked events, it's a lot different, and that's really what the college coaches look at. So yeah, would you say that sure. those I mean, tournaments then you play you, you play in the, these ranked events? They're really good. They really help you, and they really help you get into college. But once you get into college and you get your freshman year under your belt, it's it changes the game for your sophomore, junior, and senior year. Once you once you learn how college golf works and things like that. Yeah. So let's talk about your college college yes, transition. I did. So, I mean, you came in and and you got to play right away, right? Yes, correct. Not, not got to. I mean, you earned. You know, you earned the right to 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 make the team. Um, and I know that last yes, year, your freshman was. year, you were also selected for the Big East All Academic Team. Correct. So, can you talk a little bit about like just the transition, both in golf and academically? Because if if I read correctly, you came onto a team that was super academic focused i think there were maybe eight players yes, that made the big the east dumb, all academic team and four of those the number were seniors one, uh, if i'm not mistaken so i mean what for, for golf that's awesome that's awesome so so what was it like going yeah, into that so it was it was really good and academics are super important academic team that just works for athletes we have our own academic center that just works for athletes so it, St. John's is really big on helping out the athletes of what they need to do. It's like we're kind of treated like if you're an athlete here at St. John's, you're pretty much treated like royalty where you uh, they, whatever you need, they can do for you. And it's and it's really the greatest thing in the world. When I got here, you have to do at least six hours of study hall in the in the athlete center a week where. You have to you have to clock in with your uh, with your ID card and you have to sit in study hall and do your work and it actually makes you want to do your work because if you're you have to go there so if you're gonna go there why wouldn't you do your work and it's actually really good if you need tutors you get tutors if you need books you need you get books if you just need to sit down and talk to some your your athlete advisor about something they'll help you no matter what so they put everything forward the academic team here at St. John's is really unbelievable and they really do anything that athletes need and it's really they make you feel at home so i mean 
what is it like juggling? Yeah. It sounds like you've got a lot of support, but you know, you're also putting in a lot of work, like you said, on your own in golf and in academics. So, I mean, what is it like juggling the two? I mean, how do you prioritize, I guess, throughout the week, just as a student athlete that's achieving, you know, uh, number, high things, number both, one player on the team. you know, cause right now you're the what yeah. number two player on the team. Are you number one now? Okay. Congrats. So number one player on the team, Big East all academic. Obviously, you're achieving uh, in both it's, areas. It's I mean, hard. What is it like I think to balance really those two it things? takes time to adjust, and I really think the first thing you need to do is just like time management of whether of when you need when you have practice every day, when you have lift every day, and when you have class every day. Our schedule here at St. John's works where we have class in the morning from seven thirty to twelve thirty. We have three classes, three time spot slots in the morning whether it's 7 30 to 9 9 to 10 30 or 10 30 to 12 o'clock those are three times to take classes and then every day from about uh 12 30 to 6 37 we have practice whether it's traveling to a course to play going uh into our indoor facility to practice or lifting so it, it's during this during the fall and spring season, it's a lot to take in. I mean, you're pretty much gone. If you have two classes in the morning, you're pretty much gone from 9 o'clock to 7.30 every single day Tra- on the road, especially traveling. It's really hard traveling. Sometimes we're gone at a week's time, and, you know, you got to take tests. You got to do homework in the in the uh, van or in your hotel room. And it's really hard when all your friends don't have work, and they're all watching TV or watching some big game, and you got to sit in the hallway and do some homework. So it's it's pretty hard, but I think my freshman year I learned how to do it, and it mm. just makes it easier and easier as it goes on. And all the incoming freshmen get help from the upperclassmen. So – it's, I mean, even though even though it sounds hard and you got to do it, it's really the yeah. best time of your life, and you just got to make the most of it, and it, it's really fun. Yeah. What What can you say to, like, just give advice to some of these younger players that are probably in high school right now just to prepare for the environment? Uh, like academically or athletically what or are some things all together? can do? Yeah, maybe maybe just a little bit of both. Like, you know, pushing yourself. You yeah. know, you talk about like, you know, sometimes it's just not fun, right? But you've got to put yourself in that situation where, you know, maybe it really comes down to goal setting and maybe we can talk about that because I do want to talk about, you know, your goals and stuff like that. But yeah. You know, maybe it's just reverse engineering from here's the goal. And if I want to get to that goal, these are the things that yeah, I have so, to do. I mean, and so you build out a plan. Ready, I mean, ready can you talk through that really a little bit? Just, I mean, you just got to grind everything out. High school is high school is high school where you just go to class every day for eight hours, and then you have some athletics after, and things like that. But you have so much free. You have, if you're not playing a sport, if you're playing a sport, even if you are playing a sport during the off season, you have so much time at college, and it's really about setting goals. It's really about time management and setting up a schedule of whether you. Of what time of the day do you want to do homework? What time of the day do you want to sleep until? Whether you want to sleep in one day or wake up one day, go work out, do your homework, and things like that. So it's really just like when when it comes down to it, when it comes down to midterms and finals, you just got to grind it out, work work your ass off, and really uh, 
and really focus. And just at the same time, you got to enjoy it because if you're not enjoying it, then there's no point of being here. I remember I was playing in a, uh, in a, in a tournament up here and I was talking to in the uh, MGA Ike tournament and I was talking to a guy that played college golf and is just a really good amateur. And he told me bef- before my, uh, su- uh, my summer going into freshman year, he told me that, you know, you're going to have some really lows in college golf. You're not going to be playing well. You're going to be playing really badly sometimes, but it's okay. It happens to everyone and you just can't, you can't get down on yourself and you just got to keep on uh, chugging along. And to be honest with you, I still remember that to the day and it's happened. Uh, the beginning of the season, I started off pretty well, but the second and third tournament in, I, uh, struggled a lot and I really didn't get down on myself. I continued to work hard and it paid off. And same thing with last year. You still, you can, you can go on a draft for a month, two months in college golf and you can still make it back. You just can't get down on yourself with all the work and all the, uh, time you're putting in because it's eventually going to pay off. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, now we're talking about the mental game, right? Um, you know, I would describe you in the time that I've got to know you as sort of a, I guess you'd say like a quiet competitor. Um, somebody that would, you know, shake your hand, smile, and, yeah. you know, in the back of your mind. Correct. You're just yeah. ready to rip somebody's throat out, right? I mean, that's kind of how I see you. Um, maybe, I don't know if you see yourself that way, but just, I mean, I think you're a super nice guy but you're super competitive and you want to really grind it out. So I remember, I don't know if you remember this or not, but, and I can't remember exactly how you said it to me, but when you were in your gap year, there was something going on either within the program or uh, within the group itself. And you kind of looked at me cause I was just kind of checking yeah. in, Hey, everything going all right. And you said, you know, Matt, I'm like, I'm not here to make friends. And um, I kind of took that as like, you know, at first it kind of took me back, like, well, what the, what the hell is he talking about? You know, I'm not here to make friends, but you know, once I kind of sat back and reflected on it a little bit, it's like, you know, this guy's here to, to put in the work, to prepare himself. You know, he's not going to let from a, from a mental standpoint, any little things, you know, cloud what he's trying to <clears throat> Yeah, I actually here. remember so that. I don't know uh, if you remember, remember that at all, but can you kind of talk about your about mindset? After, uh, some, after something happened that IMG was coaching and things like that, but yeah, so uh, I see a psychologist, Dr. Nick. He's uh, works with a lot of uh, golfers. He's actually worked with Jason Day and a couple things. I think he works with the Alabama football team. He works with the Oregon golf team. So he's he's a good guy. I've learned a lot from him on the mental aspect, and I've learned that mental is, the mental game is, I would have to say, in my opinion, it's about eighty to ninety percent of golf. I mean, you when you once you get to college level playing D one, and then get to the level after that, you a lot of people can hit the ball straight and hit the ball really good, and you learn that a lot of it comes down to your your mental game and how much you act on the course and how you carry yourself and whether it's making a bogey and coming back and making a birdie or saving a triple from a saving uh making a triple into a normal bogey is just a huge part. So I think the mental game has a lot to do with it. And also when it came to IMG, I had I had one I had a gap year to do something to to make it to the next level. And IMG by far has the best resources you, I, you can do that. I think it has the best practice facility in the world. And I knew I was there to do something. 
So I thought this my, thought to myself, why am I, why am I uh, a thousand miles away from home, and why am I not going to put in work and do something to get out of it? So I thought that to myself, and and I knew not not everyone gets the chance to take a gap year and really to uh, go to IMG and practice and do things like that. So I'm going to make the best of it. I'm there to there to get better. At the same time, I'm there to make friends, but golf is the number one priority. Yeah. 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 So you set your priorities and you stuck to that. Um, so like, let's just talk, I want to go a little bit deeper into the mental game. So, you know, you talk about bouncing back from making a bogey yeah. and, um, you know, also maybe not getting too high when you make a birdie, right? Like, you know, kind of keeping within yourself. So, I mean, what are the, some of, what are some of the things that you're doing in the midst of the round in those situations? Like, let's just hypothetical, hit a ball in the water, uh, you know, you get up and down for bogey. Uh, mm-hmm. Where's where's your mind at? What kinds of things are you, you know, we talk about self-talk uh, is a big topic in, in the mental game or mental coaching and training. What kinds of things so, are you saying to yourself? I mean, getting you know, up and down, like you said, getting head, up and down from the water for bogeys. I mean, I to be honest with you, it's almost like making a part because once you hit it in the water, you're, you're thinking double all the way. So if you can save one stroke, that helps you right away and it moves on to the next hole. Uh, usually in between shots for the mental aspect, I like to zone out, whether it's not even thinking about golf. When I'm walking to my ball, I like to uh, stare up at the trees, just zone out, listen to, the, uh, listen to the wind, listen to the birds, things like that. So I'm not thinking about golf and really not not focusing on the bad shots I hit. So for example, if I, if, if I hit that, if I hit a ball in the water, I don't want to from my tee shot to where I have to go drop to be thinking about that bad shot. Cause it's just going to carry over and carry over. And my psychologist has taught me that if you hit a bad shot, you have 90 seconds to think about that shot. But if you think about it more than 90, longer than 90 seconds, then that shot is going to carry over to the next shot and the next shot. So you can think about something for 90 seconds, but if you think about it longer, then it's, then it's going to hurt you. Yep. But, so just think about something for 90 seconds. That's why Tiger is so good. You see Tiger hit a shot, and he slams a club or breaks a club or do something like that, and then he hits, and then he hits the most miraculous shot ever on the next shot. It's because he gets mad for 90 seconds and then stops and thinks about nothing and goes to his ball. And I think that really helped me. I've also talked to him about each shot is a new challenge. So it's a matter of how many challenges you complete, you can complete in a round, whether it's, whether you shot 69 that day and completed 58 of the challenges, it's pretty good. So if you set up, if you set up a new challenge for each shot and if you complete a challenge, then you can't get mad at yourself. Even say, say you hit it, say you have a challenge of hitting a really good shot, but you got a flyer out, you got a flyer. I mean, you hit a really good shot. You did exactly what you wanted to, but you got unlucky by getting a flyer. So that's a challenge you completed. You just got you just got screwed. So if you can, if you set up a round where you just each shot is a new challenge, it's it's really helps yeah. you because you can forget about that last shot and focus on the new challenge you had. That's an interesting perspective. I was um, I've talked well last week. I had. Um, PGA tour player, Scott Stallings on. Um, and then a f- couple weeks before that I had, um, a lady named Michelle Holmes, who's got a three golf schools. Um, she's the director of instruction at, she's from Ireland. She played college golf in the U S and both of them 
we're talking about how, you know, really in a yeah. round, you're only, because you talk about like, you know, you kind of zone out in between shots and you know, you're looking at the trees or whatever. Um, you know, we were kind of talking in both of those discussions about, you know, a round of golf, four and a half, five hours long, depending on what stage you're playing in. Um, yeah. You're really only executing Correct. shots for about two and a half, maybe three minutes of that time. So you've got a ton of time that you're spending between your ears, you know, as you're in between shots. Um, and one of the things that Michelle was talking about, and it's interesting to kind of hear, you know, what you're talking about that 90 seconds, because she was saying what she used to do is, you know, she would, you have to give yourself a period of time to have an emotional reaction to the shot, good or bad. And then you've got to wipe it and move on. And she was saying that for her, what it was is as soon as her bag strap mm -hmm. left her shoulder, she was, she was on, you know, she was, she was in the moment where she's planning the shot, but is, and she gave herself time to react after the shot. But as soon as she picked yeah. her bag up and the bag strap hit her shoulder, it was over. There's no more, you know, reaction. It was onto the next shot or like you said, zoning out and then, you know, getting yourself to the next shot or the next challenge. So, uh, I've um, actually, I've never heard of that, but do you I, have anything I mean, further I, to I go like in, in, uh, on that I think it's at great. all? I think that just goes over the point of the point of where I was talking about, about zoning out when you're walking in between shots. I mean, yeah, I mean, golf is long, it's four and a half hours in college in college. I mean, you play, sometimes you play 36 in a day and you're out there from six thirty in the morning to eight o'clock at night, just grinding, grinding away, all day long, walking 36 holes in 80-degree weather. So it, it can really hurt you. It can really get to you. And you got to really learn, like, when the pressure comes, you just got to relax and take it in and really enjoy it. And when you hit a bad shot, it's okay. And it's also a marathon. These, these events are 36, yeah. 54 holes. It's not like it's just an 18-hole event where you just got to gotta go low and make – make seven birdies it's it's it you you got three eight three rounds so it's really you make one bad hole you still have 53 more holes to go so it's not it's one one hole two holes is not really is not going to hurt you right yeah yeah you can't let it derail everything right um i want to go back we kind of skipped over this it was something that i wanted to ask you about which was just the culture of golf. So, I mean, you talk about being a really good basketball player. I've played basketball myself. There's a different culture to the game. Um, there's more of a, I guess, a gritty type yeah. trash talk, you know, type of environment when you're talking about basketball. Were you that way on the basketball court? And, and is that, like, did that change a little bit, you know, in terms of golf? Or can you just talk about I was about definitely the way more fired up in basketball. And golf and uh, etiquette, types of I things. would say, like, everyone gets more fired up in basketball. It's more of a fast-paced game. There's, there's huge crowds chanting your name, huge crowds chanting on your team, things like that. Even though you do get that in golf, but it's just not the same thing about how crazy people go. You're allowed to talk during the whole game. So the culture of golf, I mean, I love the culture of golf. It's great, even though, I mean, Tiger's really changed it. Like, I talk to people, and they're like, oh, you can't clap during golf. You can't yell during golf. I mean, you can go crazy, you can go crazy during golf. It's the greatest thing in the world. But, during, but when you're just hitting, <laughs> you just got to be quiet and things like that, which I love. So just like, I, I don't know. It's kind of – the culture is kind of hard to explain. Yeah. Because everyone's different, I feel like, when it comes to golf. Everyone has to, whether it's 
some people play good when they're fired up. Maybe Tiger gets fired up, but right. Uh, I've noticed now he's kind of more mellow, chewing some CV go, C, uh, CBD gum. So it's really, I think it really depends on the person where compared to like basketball yeah. or football, everyone is just fired up so much and just, it's all adrenaline. And I feel like sometimes adrenaline in the wrong aspect in golf can kind of hurt you where, where you can get too crazy and it can hurt you uh, making putts yeah. or uh, locking down a distance that you really need to hit with a wedge, things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about like just interaction with Yeah, so that's, partners? I guess you What's could that say like that's the one thing about culture, which I think everybody's a little bit different. You can either love your playing partner or absolutely hate their playing partner. And when you, and I think it really, uh, it really can hurt you in so, sometimes and it could really benefit you sometimes. When you first, when you have a bad playing partner that you just can't talk to or hate. It can really uh, ruin you mentally because you're always focusing on them about what they're doing wrong or what they're doing wrong. I remember last year I was playing in a tournament and one kid was like putting his bag down during my uh, when I was hitting balls and just not didn't really care about didn't really care about anything. Had no etiquette and it really got to me and I really noticed it and I was really mad at myself after the round because I was really focusing on him and not focusing on me. But then when you have a, when you have a kid that like you get to talk to and you just kind of not bond with, but you get along with and you just talk to during the round, it actually helps your mental game because you get to talk to him and it, during when you're walking the shots, it takes your mind off of everything. And then when you get to your shot, you focus. So that's the one thing I guess in golf or culture of golf that really yeah. can benefit you or harm you. Yeah. So you just okay. kind of relax a little bit more, I guess, when you've got somebody that you get along with a little bit better. So, so what about, I mean, what have you learned? So you talk about that example last year, like, what have you learned to, how have you learned to deal with that? Have you been in a situation like that since where you've had a play, maybe not the same exact thing where they're dropping their bag in the middle of your swing, but somebody that you just didn't really like, uh, you didn't really have much to talk about, like, yeah, it kind of made you struggle. So I've been running to a kid doing that, but I have run into like, because you play run so into many it rounds again. With kids, it changes every day. I have run into playing with people that I just don't really get a, not get along with, right. don't really vibe with or talk to. So I'll just be quiet the whole round, and that's fine. During the summer, I'll talk to my caddy if my dad's caddying yeah. for me or one of my friends are caddying for me. I have them on my bag. So that's really fine because then I can just talk to them, hang out with them. But if, if, if I'm playing a college event and I don't talk to the one or two kids that I'm with, it's just, just you and yourself and you and the course, and you just got to enjoy it. Uh, maybe talk to yourself a little bit on the course. Like I said, I like to uh, look out into the sky, look at the trees, uh, things like that, and just, just relax. You just It's all about relaxing. You, you know, in golf, you can't get too high and you can't get too low. It's all about that like – that, that middle that you just really have to focus on. Yeah. Have you ever found yourself like, I know you said sometimes you focus too much on the other player. Like, have you ever thought about like, has your mind ever been taken away from just playing uh, the golf yeah. course so and, instead uh, of like trying to beat really the person that you're playing against? Play, like match play in college yet where it's really like one against one. 
So I haven't really experienced that. Yeah, I've experienced it during the summer and MGA events and things like that. But uh, college is mostly stroke play except for the NCAA championships and sometimes conference match play. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you just got to really – sometimes I get so, like, focused on the, like, course that I just forget about where I am. And I got to, and I forget about like the kind of shots I need, and I just focus too much on the course. So, so sometimes those are things you need to learn, like like focusing on the course, focusing on the conditions, but also focusing on the shots you hit, and focusing on like your previous mistakes that are need that will help you on the on the next holes right. of where of what you did wrong in one hole or how the window windows on that hole and things like that for the next holes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit cause we're getting close to time. I just want to, um, you know, make sure we, we stay within, um, can you talk a little bit about, we, we talked about your gap year, but can you just talk about like the college recruiting process for you and some of the things that you paid attention to? I mean, I know you yeah. looked at several different schools, um, in several different divisions, like, yeah. What were some of the, visits like um what were some of you know the things that you were paying attention to what things do you think other players and some juniors high school players um and their parents should be paying attention to that are important aspects now that you're three semesters in looking back going man i'm really glad i made this decision on the coach because xyz or you know the culture so i think the number one aspect geographic location location. i think the location of the school really has a big toll on you whether you're close to home far away from home whether you like it or not so i went to img which was pretty far away from home and i had no problem with being away from home and now i'm an hour and a half from home so it's it's nice to be i can kind of go home whenever i want at the same time i don't really do that so that's nice i think i think being i think kids being close to home or being away from home that really takes a toll on them because it can really being homesick is the worst thing possible. So I really think the first thing you need to do when you're looking at colleges is looking at where the college is. Second, I think you just need to like the college or and you need to like the coach. Uh, I've heard too many stories about how your the college players just hate their coaches and it just ruins everything about ruins everything about the school. And you can't you I mean you see your coach every day. You spend hours and hours, you spend Hours in the planes, hours yep. in the vans with him. It's like it's it's crazy about how much time you spend with him. So uh, you really got to look at your coach. You really got to look, maybe talk to, if you know people on the team, talk to people when you go on recruiting visits, talk to them about the coach, how they like him, things like that, because that really has an aspect on it. And then – no, you're good. You're good. Yeah. How did you well, – go ahead. I was just going to say on that point of your coach, like, how did you, how did you do that when you went on a visit? Like, how did you get to know them? Were, was there like a bank of questions yeah, so that you pulled from or was it just John's, like more of like a personality uh, vibe? Like what coach really mean? did everything. He set up, he set up a private tour for me with like the, with the uh, students that gave tours. He, he brought me everywhere I needed to go. He showed me around campus, but then there was a point where, it was me and my parents or just me talking to them. And you, right there, you just got to be honest with yourself and you just got to ask them the questions you need. This is a place where you're going to, if you're not on scholarship, spending endless amounts of money 
or uh, and then spending the next four years of your life. So you need to really like dig down deep, ask them questions you need to ask to find out answers. And if the coaches can't give you the answers, then, then that's kind of a problem because if they want you, then they'll be answering these questions. So you just got to dig down deep, ask these questions, ask them really what's on your mind, what's going to happen the next four years. And if you like that, then that's great. Did you have any pressure from parents or anybody outside to uh, go not, in a specific direction or pick a certain, certain school. school? I definitely, to be honest with you, I just wanted to go to the, I didn't really care about being close to home, being far away from home. The only thing I cared about was going to the best school I could have gotten into, best golf school, best academic school, and uh, things like that. I was, uh, I was actually almost ready to play golf at the College of Charleston, and then the coach left, so that kind of hurt me. But uh, I went to go visit there. I played in front of him. Uh, I played in the Azalea Classic right. qualifier with him and did and played great, came in sixth in the tournament and things like that, and that was really going along well. And then he left to go take a job in Middle Tennessee. So that kind of hurt me. And then I was kind of on the uh, – it was kind of ending down in the season, so I had to pick a place to go. And I uh, picked St. John's, and I love my school. I love the golf pro. The golf program's great. The uh, has real a lot of rich history, uh, a lot of benefits. We just got a new AD. Our AD is amazing. Cares nothing but for the athletes. So everything's going really well right now. But I, you just got to be. I mean, the recruiting process is you got to reach out to these coaches and just tell them what's going on. Send them your resumes. Really show them that you want to go to the school, and they'll figure it out soon enough. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember, like, you know, sometimes, like, you just got to keep at it, right? Because I remember, you know, you reached out to some coaches when you are in your in your post-grad year, and, and you didn't hear back from some yeah, of them, so, and, or there was a delay. Yeah, like, so when you when you, can you send, just talk like, through that briefly about, you know, just staying on top of it? contact you, but when you send your resume out, and they don't answer you within like the first week or two, that's fine. It could have went to their spam email or things like that, but you just got to keep at it. You got to send them another email. And if they don't answer that, you send them another email. Usually I when I, when we were working with our, with Scott Davies, our recruiting director, uh, I sent three emails, one every two weeks. If they didn't answer, I sent the first one introducing myself with a resume, blah, blah, blah. And then the second email, I just yeah. I sent the same email, except in like I, I included like three sentences in the top saying, I already sent you this email. Would you like to get back to me? And then the third time, I just sent the same thing, except maybe I said something different in the second email saying, hey, I sent you this twice already. It'd be great if you like more urgent. It'd be great if you can get back to me. Yes, like right, right in the top line. Like, are you right talking before, about like, like in the usually subject you send line? Out, like your introduction letter oh, saying okay. who you are, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, right, like right up top line. You just give a little yeah. like three sentences saying, hey, I already sent this again. I already sent this last two weeks ago. It would be great if you can just let me know if you have a spot open, if you're interested, things like that. Yeah, yeah. Good deal. Um, let's start wrapping up. But I, to wrap up, I just want to talk about goals. Um, can you talk through? You know, you're in your. You just finished up almost your third semester um, in college. Can you talk about maybe 
your goals that you set going in maybe as a freshman and how those goals yeah have, so you know, goal setting along year, the way really both know you know individual college, and team because it was kind of my first it was my first year have never really talked to anyone about it so my goal pretty much freshman year was to just make the team travel with the team and just play my best and I had a pretty good summer. I was playing pretty well. So my goals now are, have changed a little different. Um, I'm competing in these tournaments to win. So I've come, in, I've come like top 15, top 20 in the last uh, two, three tournaments. So it's really – and I'm losing, by, I'm losing by less than four strokes. So it just really comes down to not making double bogeys, not making bogeys, things like that. So my goals for – Spring semester, just to win, pretty much win individually and win team. Uh, our team already won one tournament uh, about a month ago, so that was pretty good. But it just—it's about for me right now. It's just about winning and getting and getting Ws individually and as a team. Uh, just get four point GPA, pretty much get all A's. What are your goals academically? My, it's pretty much my goal. Okay. Yep. I mean, uh, I know it's early in your college career, but yeah, are you thinking about much. Uh, life after college at all? I mean, I know you want to stay in the moment. And I but... are most likely looking forward to turning pro, probably. We're going to give it a shot. Uh, I am most likely probably going to move down to Florida, okay. maybe with uh, Joe, you know Joe, and another roommate, probably move down there, get a thing going down there, maybe caddy on the side, yep. make some money, and just get ready to uh, – like turn pro and just I think uh I still have three two three more years ready to do it so I mean if I'm my senior year comes and I'm just cannot play golf anymore and just can't do it then obviously I'm not gonna turn pro but uh I'm just gonna grind my ass <laughs> off until that time and I'm just gonna turn pro and uh try to get there cool man cool well, Jack, dude, I appreciate you joining me, man. I think uh, I think we talked about awesome. a lot of things that Thanks, can man. bring some of this audience some good value. So, I appreciate your time, and I and I hope that you know the rest of this semester is a good one for you. And you know, I know we'll be talking. Yeah, thanks, so thanks for having me. The spring semester and get prepared great. for Thank that. Uh, just wish you guys the best of luck. Thanks, man. Well, guys, that is a wrap for this week's episode, episode 12 of Junior Golf Keys with sophomore golfer Jack Simon from St. John's University. I hope you guys enjoyed that chat. I know that I really did. I really appreciate Jack's time, uh, him jumping on and sharing some information with us. I think it's just super important um, to gain a unique perspective from somebody that's at the college level right now. Cause I know that so many of you out there that are listening, um, are trying to create your own path and are on that journey right now to take that next step, uh, as a golf student athlete at the collegiate level. So I think it's great to hear from somebody that just went through that themselves, you know, a year and a half ago, two years ago, uh, cause it's still fresh. And I think we can gain a lot of, uh, good information from that. So if you guys, took away any value from this show, like I always do, I ask that you share it, uh, leave a review. If you haven't subscribed to the show, please do so. Uh, Don't want you to miss out because I've got some really exciting guests coming up 
And I hope you join me next week for another episode of Junior Golf Keys.